Welcome to season two of A Moon in the Dark with Ellen Blake, where we hope to connect people to God's heart through themes in Marvel movies. Hey, we are so glad you're with us today. We're going to talk about the last episode of WandaVision, including the mysterious end credit scene. We see elements of Christ and of Aslan and the stone table from the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. We also see clues about her power and her spirit, which apply to us today. If you're looking for something for your home or for a gift, look no further than Rustic Lantern. Everything from candles to furniture, even clothing, shoes, and accessories. You can get their app and you can shop online at rusticlanternco.com. So we're back talking about Wanda and right where we're gonna start this time is the scene where Wanda and Agatha picking back up where they're in the air in this epic duel at the last episode of the series. So what's going on there, Dave? Yeah, so Agatha, the the bad guy in this series, um, tries to make a deal with Wanda and says that if, if you give me your power, I can make this right. And so it looks like the audience is, is made to believe that Wanda agrees with the deal. And so she starts throwing her power at Agatha, and Agatha is absorbing it. But she also kind of throws some that misses her a couple times. And so as um, Wanda is throwing her power at Agatha, she kind of, she becomes frail and looks like she's dying. Mm. Um, and she's kind of just hanging there in, in midair. And her husband and children, Vision, and her kids, um, they think that they're, that Wanda is dying. Um, Agatha's won, Wanda's yes. on their last leg. All hope is lost. She's given in. It's over. So, Mom, what does Agatha say to Wanda there? About our deal, once cast, a spell can never be changed. This world will always be broken, just like you. Mm. Yeah. So then Wanda comes, or Agatha tries to, like, throw a spell at Wanda, but it doesn't work. And Wanda looks at her and says... Only the witch who cast the runes can use her power in a given space. And then Wanda, who still has her power because she cast these runes while she was throwing her power at Agatha, she cast the runes to make only her be able to use her magic. So and, all around her are these huge runes in a circle. Right. Mm -hmm. And she just takes out Agatha and wins. After everyone thinking that she had surrendered, she won. It just seemed like all hope was lost. She was done for, and then everything was reversed. And she looked dead. And she looked, yeah, like she was dying and yeah. dead. She's all shriveled up. Right. A super cool parallel um, to other literature. Um, back to C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Wish, and the Wardrobe. Great book. It is. So in this book, you find the Pevensies, these four um, children, find themselves in this magical world called, called Narnia. And... Um, they're caught up in this, this battle, kind of, where we have the White Witch, who's in control of this land. And then Aslan, who's like the king, um, who's been gone for a little while. And um, the White Witch tries and tricks one of the four Pevensey children, Edmund, into betraying the other three to give him some more power. Because he's kind of in a bad mood at this point and feels gypped, as um, 
with what Edmund is. Yes, Edmund. And so he agrees. Um, and so he betrays his, his uh, three siblings. And so the White Witch is going to kill Edmund to break the prophecy. The prophecy is that if two sons of Adam and two daughters of Eve sit on the throne, then she has no more power. The so White Witch doesn't correct. anymore. And so she wants to kill one of these four children so that she can continue to rule. So Aslan sends a rescue party to go rescue Edmund, and he succeeds. They have Edmund. So now the four children are together with Aslan, and the White Witch says, You have a traitor there, Aslan. Have you forgotten the deep magic? And then she goes on to say, You know that every traitor belongs to me as my lawful prey, and that for every treachery I have a right to kill. So the White Witch says that she has the right to kill Edmund because he's a traitor. And Aslan goes into a room with her and, and cuts a deal. And he comes out, she, she's happy and he's sad. And we learn later that the deal is that he is going to replace Edmund because the dark magic goes on to say that an innocent one can replace a, a guilty one to, for the death penalty. And so the White Witch kills Aslan mm. on the stone table. And the two girls, Lucy and Susan, Susan are there as he, he's dead, and they're just weeping over him. And then they turn away to look at something else, and they hear this huge crack. They turn around, Aslan's gone, and the stone table is cut in half. And Aslan comes out, and he, he tells them that there's magic deeper that the witch doesn't know about. Um, this magic is that if an innocent person gives his life for a traitor, then the the even the power of death would be reversed. The, yes, the de- death is reversed, which is just it's an incredible scene there. Yes. So what, what seemed like was the end for Aslan, just like Wanda was completely reversed and turned on its head, and Aslan had victory and then rolled in, in victory over the queen, the witch, the white witch. Right. At and, the end. And he defeats the white witch like Wanda defeats Agatha, and... Of course, it points us to Christ, mm. who went to the cross, and C.S. Lewis is pointing to Christ in Aslan dying and resurrecting. But as you see Wanda, hang, she's literally hanging there. And it's, it is a cross. I'm sure the writers had this in mind. I, I can't imagine that they, they didn't have this, just this moment in mind. You have vision with the children turning away like the disciples would have turned away. It was too hard to watch. Mm. And then you see the enemy being tricked, just like, you know, we presume that Satan had a role in this. You know, he was maneuvering with Judas to get Jesus killed. But then when he comes back to life three days later, he completely defeats death, turns death around, and he has won. Now, Satan is still given reign, not, well, free reign to roam around and do things, but he's, right. he knows he's done for. But we haven't Ultimately, seen the end. We have the ultimate victory. Yes. And so that's just the parallel that we see in this scene. So at the end, she says to Monica Rambeau, I don't understand this power, but I'm going to go understand it. That mm. is Ephesians 1. Yeah. Where we have the power, but we don't understand it. Listen mm. to Ephesians 1. Paul prays that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know the incomparably great power for us who believe. 
So we have a power we don't understand either. Yeah. And we need to understand it. And this power was the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now we've been given that power. Yes. And so she goes off to try to understand this power. But then tell us about the end credit scene, David. Yes. The very, very end of the last episode, you see Wanda um, is just doing the dishes or whatever. But then it goes to another room and her uh, like spiritual spiritual form is reading all these books and studying. Yes. So I love that. Okay, now this is not probably what Marvel is thinking, but this is what I see is that we have a spirit, a soul, and a body. So I'm going to show you really quickly in 1 Thessalonians Thessalonians 5, Paul says, May your spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. And then David in Psalm 42 says, Why are you so downcast, O my soul? He's talking to his soul. Mm. So we're a three-part person. And that's the thing the Brazinas teach about this. It's all through the Bible that we have a spirit. And our spirit communicates with God's spirit. Yeah. If it's alive. If we know Christ, our spirit's alive and we have the Holy Spirit. So when Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing. And in Ephesians 6, pray in the spirit on all occasions. You can't pray all the time if you have to be on your knees. Because you have to do other things. Not with your mind. So you see Wanda. I think she's you know making tea or she's doing something else with her body. Mm-hmm. But she's either studying or we can say praying. She's reading a book. But that is a concept I just want to leave you with today hmm. to think on. Like that's a power that we have to tap into somehow that we might not understand. Well, it's that we can be praying no matter what we're doing, that our spirit communicates with God while we're talking to someone or riding a bike or whatever we're doing. <clears throat> we can be giving a lecture and still praying according to the Bible if we're going to pray without ceasing. And that's something that we can step into or shrink away from. Yes. What would it look like to, to take a step towards stepping into that? I, I kind of think of it as a muscle. Is a, your spirit praying to the Father is kind of a muscle. Yeah. That some of us exercise and some of us don't. Um, and the more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. Right. Paul understood that we as believers have a power that we don't necessarily understand. So as I read this prayer that he prays over us, I want you to hear this over yourself. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Jesus is our peace. And today I give you peace for your day and peace for your night.